early for the day wait until uh, other folks trickle in and then we'll kick it off um i have to say of all the shows we have done in recent past this might have had the most buzz it has <laughs> uh it's off the charts i mean people texting me uh people wanting the youtube stream uh it's just been wild hey donny hey steven hey. says he's here pull him up straight on oh uh, yeah i'll do that hey andrew hey how are you guys hey hey welcome hey abicho yo how are you good good Hey folks, we're going to give it a minute or two while we get uh people up. It's going to be a bunch of people and then we should get going for what should be a really fun episode. Hey Paul. Hey, hey. Hey Paul, welcome. Hey, Paul. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> I I know, I know. Who wants to say, purchase Paul? my photo? <laughs> Paul NFTs might be the one piece of technology which has gotten more buzz in the last few months than Clubhouse has. <laughs> It's got a lot of buzz on Clubhouse. That's true. <laughs> hey Justin. Hey everyone, how's it going? Hey Justin. We are well. Excited. Yeah. What a what a time to be alive. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Justin. And uh I, you you had quite the boring day, haven't you? <laughs> extremely extremely boring. <laughs> no, it's been it's been amazing and uh I'm I'm really thankful to Clubhouse honestly, Paul, like you guys have created a platform to give everyone a voice. It's it's truly amazing. Oh, wow, thank you. Means a lot coming from you and you've been a huge part of it, honestly. <laughs> Dude, no, serious. I mean, I ever since I joined in September, I've been addicted. I think I think most of us up here can can say it's a new addiction. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh man. I I always think this but like I uh it's going to blow my mind when like things open up a little bit. We can have meetups in person. I feel like there's so many friends I've made here in the past year. <laughs> and it's just going to be crazy to, to see people's faces actually move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> people's faces move? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's such a hilarious way to put it. Clubhouse me too. <laughs> it's really weird if I zoom with people that I've met on Clubhouse. Like it's so it's so funny. Yeah, so Paul, uh, I think the first time I got on a call, like a video call with Rohan, I was like, "You are real. You are a person. <laughs> This is unbelievable." <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see a crypto punk in person personally. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. We, we we have uh uh you know the Dylan over uh, here and you know so I think we're going to be you know there's going to be a bunch of that uh today. Cool. Shyam, do you want to kick it off? Um uh you, you want to give it a couple more minutes? Yeah, okay, wait. Here here we go. Okay. I I found the person who we're waiting for. Let me pull him up. <laughs> the person well, one of the two people of the hour. Here we go. <laughs> Ah, uh, here we are. Oh. Awesome. Ooh. All right. All right. I think with that, I think we have a full house. Steven, hit the music. Live from San Francisco and here on Clubhouse, it's The Good Time Show, bringing you today in technology. And now your hosts, Artie and Shreeram. 
Hey folks, welcome to tonight's episode of Good Time. Uh, we usually try and take a break on Friday nights uh, or Saturday mornings, wherever you are in the world. Uh, but this week has been an extra special week, uh, especially in the world of NFTs. And there's a lot going on. And in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours, so much has happened. And so tonight is like one time only extra, extra special episode of Good Time. And with that, I'm going to let Sriram introduce our special guest for the day. Nice. Awesome. Uh, thanks, Adi. Like, uh, for, thank you, everyone. I know we don't usually do Friday episodes, but this was such a unique uh, opportunity and a unique set of guests that I'm really excited. Um, and, you know, let me quickly go through our guests for today. Uh, and so first off, you have some folks you might recognize from the last time we did an NFT show. Uh, people who need absolutely no introduction. Uh, we have Roham, uh, a founder and CEO of Dapper Labs. And, you know, the company behind the small phenomenon called uh, uh, Top Shots. You might have heard a thing or two about them. Um, we have uh, Avichal of Electric Capital, a longtime um, investor and, uh, you know, expert in all things crypto. Uh, we have uh, Dylan Fields of uh, Figma, but who's probably, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Uh, uh, well, you know, well, his, his, his profile picture tells you what you're going to talk to him about today. And it's going to be really, really fun. Um, we have, uh, you know, uh, Donnie Dinch, uh, founder and CEO of Bitkey, uh, who do some really, really interesting things around NFTs and wallets. Uh, you know, Donnie, thank you so much for joining us. Really happy to have you on the show. Uh, we have uh, Blau, uh, who's also had a really, really uh, interesting day on all things uh, uh, NFTs and crypto. And Blau, such a delight to always have you. And But I want to kind of get to the, the three people you know, um, who kind of caused this to happen. Um, you know, so last night I got a really weird DM, and the DM was uh, from Andrew Steinwald, uh, who runs a uh, a fund uh, in the NFT ecosystem, and uh, he basically asked me, "Hey, would I be interested in hosting the buyers of the Beeple uh, uh, every day the first five thousand days?" So unless you've been on Rock, and I'm assuming, by the way, if you are listening to this show, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, you know, um, people who, by the way, I, I'm I, I'm trying to get him on the show today, but I suspect, you know, he's probably celebrating, and uh, as he should be, and probably no condition to joining us, but he might show up at some point in time. But as you know, uh, Christie's held uh, a, a, a historic auction yesterday. Uh, collecting um, people's uh, everyday project for 5,000 days, which I believe is like 13 years, 14 years. And they ran a, uh, you know, a, a, a very, very, very uh, intensely watched, talked about auction yesterday, uh, which a mysterious buyer or buyers at the very last minute uh, wound up purchasing for a little over $69 million. And we didn't know who the identity was. And last night I get a message saying, hey, would I be interested in uh, uh, having uh, the, you know, the winners of this auction on our show? And of course, I said yes. And this is so unique for us. We have never had guests that we don't know the of the people involved. Now, I don't want to reveal how, but I got to kind of like verify that these folks are actually who they claim they are. But in case you're wondering how you can verify that the people we are talking to are actually the winners of the auction, just go check out Christie's tweet. You will see the uh, uh, the Twitter. They'll link to the Twitter handles of the two people that we have on today. So in case you want to build your own trust chain, and we are in crypto after all, uh, you know, don't trust me. You know, you can go verify that just starting with uh, Christie themselves. 
But without any further ado, I want to introduce two people who I know only by name, pseudonym, and I've never met before, uh, Tubador and Meta Cohen. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And let me, and first I want to say, I want to say two things. First, I want to say thank you for uh, choosing us. It's uh, quite the honor to, that you've kind of chosen us to come talk about this uh, for one of the very first times. So we really, really appreciate this. Um, and second, let me ask you, I think what a lot of people are probably thinking, which is who are you and why did you just pay $69 million for this piece of art? Hey, Sridham, uh, thanks so yeah. much for uh, having us here. I'll, I'll take the, maybe the first part of the question. I'm not entirely sure we are real at this point or uh, <laughs> any of <laughs> what happened over the last couple of days are real as well. But uh, this is a pleasure being here because uh, uh, I'm a massive fan of this show and the conversation that uh, you and Aarti run. I'm fascinated by how effortlessly you slip from breadth to depth on a variety of you know, such eclectic topics from politics to policy to technology and uh, even the NFT uh, uh, you know, session that you did. So happy to be part of this conversation finally. As for uh, the rest of it, uh, <laughs> I think Metacoven is best poised to answer that part. Um, thanks a lot for having me and uh, yeah, thanks a lot, uh, Sriram, uh, for for getting uh, this together. Um, so yeah, um, I, I don't know how to go into the uh, uh, exact purchase itself. Maybe it's a it's a longer conversation, but uh, it, it it'll be um, it's important to understand the context of where we are coming from. So, uh, for example, I've I've always been in crypto, so. I've not lived in, uh, you know, like I've not lived in Malaysia for, for a while now, um, say uh, eight years now, and uh, I've just lived on crypto. So that's that's been my life. Uh, so wh whatever I, my life is today is because of crypto. And so when when these kind of things happen, uh, it's it's one of them when they become mainstream is when we get the attention, but these are the kind of things we we all always do even within the ecosystem so um, with nfts we have been in the space since 2017 so i've been supporting and buying a lot of nfts uh, for a while now and and when this happened uh, we felt like it was it was an important moment uh, for for the whole uh, crypto crypto space because it was a bridge between you know like what we call the real world and, and the crypto world. So, and I, 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 I would have, I would have felt bad if, if we, we, we didn't bring it into the crypto world, right? Like if someone in the traditional world bought it, I've not been happy. So I'm happy that uh, uh, we could benefit and, and bring it back, you know, into the virtual world. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, um, you know, I, I want to be very respectful of, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say the identity and the pseudonymity that you folks have, but maybe that's probably maybe an interesting place to start, right? Uh, metaphor, like what, I think a lot of people want to be curious about, like, what's the story behind you and the name Meta Cohen and how did you get into crypto? Uh, uh, and of course, just feel free to share whatever you're comfortable sharing. But as you can imagine, there's probably going to be a lot of curiosity about who we are all talking to today. Sure, sure, I can do that. Um, so I, I started in crypto uh, 2013, early 2013, when 
and Bitcoin was $100. Uh, I didn't have money, so it's not like I bought a bunch of Bitcoins and sat on it. And I'm not a maximalist. Uh, I think ma maximalists are lazy. Uh, that could be a provocative statement, but that's, that's my opinion. And um, once I started in crypto, uh, there was no good thing I had on forums. Bitcoin talk have been escrow agents to people trying to uh, flip uh, uh, Bitcoin to altcoins and then became a service and, and I did that for a while and then moved on to build various startups uh, in the space um, by 2016. I was I was living in Canada for a while uh, because because the startups brought me there so crypto brought me into North America and crypto also made me leave North America by 2017. And when regulations were, you know, very unclear uh, in, in Canada and, and the U.S. also, and the tax treatment. So now I live in Singapore, uh, which has been quite good. So I've been, I've been, I've been uh, thinking about crypto, like living on crypto every day, and that's that's uh, that's my life. And about the name, um, Meta is just, you know, it just means metaverse, and and Co uh, in Tamil means uh, king so this is a name my mom I was, I was describing what i'm doing to my mom and and she told me a very interesting name so uh, she got me this name so it's called meta Cohen, which which just means uh, king of meta in in tamil um by the way i i i since uh, you know since you just mentioned it i i have to say ninga tamil na vandha expect pannala inik morning super shock aayirundhu okay <laughs> That's that's good. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a nice little surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to figure out. Uh, uh. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about your history with uh mm -hmm. NFTs. Um. Mm -hmm. You know. Um. Uh, and also metaverse, which is you know. Uh, uh. Anyway, before this, there are two of you. So. Uh. Tubador, I'm kind of curious to get maybe get your history and the kind of some context of your partnership. Oh, this is, uh, mine is way less interesting than uh, Meta Cohen's, but uh, I'll give it a go. Um, I was, uh, I'm not a crypto native, uh, uh, a muggle uh, as far as the, uh, as far as I can describe myself, but uh, uh, I was pulled into the crypto space, kicking and screaming by Meta Cohen. Uh, we know each other in real life. And in 2013, the first time he talked to me about Bitcoin, I understood all the words, but I had no idea what they meant when you put them together. So uh, we didn't speak for the next uh, two or three years. That might have been intentional <laughs> after that first conversation. But then uh, I sort of uh, got in with him somewhere in 2017. We started uh, exploring the space uh, together. Uh, we had our own parallel uh, uh, journeys in a sense. NFT space, uh, which we discovered thanks to the pandemic in, in my case, sort of uh, moved inward. And uh, it suddenly sort of clicked. So all of the words, I mean, I, I write for a living, I communicate for a living. And I finally felt that NFTs allowed me to express myself, to be myself in a way that nothing else had before because of the, uh, the abstractions, the, the, the high thought that each NFT packs into itself and also the, the experience layer that they promise, right? In terms of uh, visuals, in terms of color, in terms of sheer fun. So, uh, over the course of 2020, uh, I sort of uh, went really deep into the NFT space. And at some point, Metacoven and I discovered that our thesis about the NFT space sort of converged. And so Metaverse as a cohesive uh, entity was born. 
But as an idea, Madhukovan has been collecting uh, culturally iconic and significant NFTs since uh, late 2016. So yeah, that's, that's all in my story. Um, uh, uh, th that is uh, that is really amazing. And by the yeah, way, I we have so many. We have, I would say hundreds of tweets already uh, on so many <laughs> topics, especially also from uh, especially a lot of people from India just being stunned exactly. too. So uh, this is just really blowing up the internet right now. Yeah, um, I was just going to say the same thing. It's like we are getting hundreds of messages, all like especially our uh, Tamil friends. Uh, it's just like blowing everyone's mind. So my phone is basically like frozen for a second. This is surreal. Um, uh, okay, so uh, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out where to go next. Um, Metacovid, okay, so could you talk to us about, you know, why NFTs matter to you and why do you think they should matter to everyone? Because you've been ahead of this, you know, um, kind of to Tuberdor's point, you've been, uh, you know, um, uh, ahead of the curve in this in many, many ways. So why do NFTs matter to you and why should they matter to everyone here? Uh, so the thesis is, is um, something that evolves over time. So uh, I, I'm trying to remember why it matters to me in 2017. And I feel like it's so, so very different uh, from how I feel about it now. So I, I'll just give a feel of how I felt in 2017. So in 2017, when NFTs came out, they were, uh, there was a little bit of art. Uh, but one thing that really caught my attention was the virtual world and, and the fact that you could buy an virtual world so um the idea is that uh, we all we all live in the real world and and if you if i i really like history and and i read a lot of history and that's how i spend most of my time and if you look at history and how how new technologies are formed and how new um, countries were formed new um like uh, kingdoms were formed everything has has a technology that comes with it, right? Like, uh, for example, uh, the discovery of oil uh, changed the world. And um, maybe only four or five people got rich out of it, but, you know, it still, uh, it still mattered, right? So when, when some new technology comes up, there is, there is this possibility of, of, there is of some, some new kind of uh, redistribution of wealth going to happen. So I thought land was very interesting when I started. So Decentraland, what I did was I participated in the auction, and this was early 2017. So back then, uh, I think I invested around $200,000 into, into Decentraland, which which was a stupid amount of money then. <laughs> and uh, obviously, I don't know I don't know what the value of those lands are now, but we, I still hold the, I've not sold a, a single NFT in my life till today. That's a Wow. It's something I can say proud uh, wow. of. Wow. wow. And, and and that means that that whole land, the piece of land is is the largest, you know, of private estates in, in decentralized land, right? And someday I want to go back and as as this cycle, maybe this cycle is all about art. But then we when when this cycle ends and, and there's another cycle where everyone has better VR or or, or, or uh, machines in their home. When, when decentralized land and virtual worlds makes more sense, uh, maybe those lands become very valuable, right? So that's a long term play. And, and when, I, when I thought about that, my whole thesis was, man, this is, this is a new, if, if not anything, not even going into the politics of it. If you think about it, this is a new medium of, um, you know, distribution. So there was Netflix where, you know, the, the banner on Netflix, Imagine how much you pay 
get a spot on that because it, it puts you in front of everyone's eyes. And that's what that's why Netflix is valuable because they get everyone's attention in the world and mm-hmm. then they decide who and who should watch what, right? And, and think about Decentraland. There is LAN. There is obviously infinite space. People ask me all the time, like, there is infinite space, right? Like, yeah, there is infinite websites also, but why do you go to Netflix? And the same reason, tomorrow, you'd go to specific virtual worlds and you'd go to specific areas because you, you think that these areas are important. And, and once those, that, that spreads out the world and that becomes uh, more and more, what would happen is we'd, we'd gain the attention of the global audience in one place and, and we have laptops, which is uncensorable, uh, unconfiscatable. No one tomorrow can come to me and be like, yeah, it's not yours anymore, right? So that's something which is very powerful into the future. And, and that's why, that's how I got, it, got started into NFTs, because it gave me that unconfiscatable power for the first time. And I had a visual element to it now. So, so again, I, because we all come from uh, part of parts of the world, and uh, like it's hard to understand for for someone in North America that you know like security, safety is all obvious, right? Like people talk about gold as though um, so that's something you can just buy and keep somewhere, right? But it's not it's not that easy in every other country. Police can just come into your home and take your gold away, right? Because one single person is always a minority right like that's that's the that's the politics of the world so when when we think about land and when we think about nfts and it's unconfiscatable it's a huge powerful um, it's a huge powerful asset and it's for eternity right so that's that's why i got into nfts and and that thesis has never changed maybe this cycle i don't make much money about it and people don't talk about it but that's one of my biggest uh, uh, investments right um, um, well, okay. Uh, 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 you know, I, I keep. I'm kind of in like in shock here, and I think a lot of others are. So, <laughs> yeah. th- just just to just to kind of like make sure this right. So, here you are, uh, uh, and uh, you are you know in the other side of the world from here. You get a different Tamil pesringa, and you uh, you bought 200k uh, in decent land auction way before anybody else did. And you have yeah. not sold a single NFT, you know, uh, till yesterday. That's yeah, yeah. just like, is that, that's just amazing. Yeah, because that's, that's why like people, when, when they think about, you know, what we are doing today, they think that we just jumped into this thing. But I'm sure that a lot of people, even in this clubhouse, know each other, right? Like not from like two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> we know each other from yeah, two years ago, one year ago, right? And, and that's, that's very important. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what is deep. And, and, and I'm happy that, you know, we are, we are, we are here and uh, we are about to gather more attention. And that's the objective. Um, okay. So w- one maybe final thing on just what happened yesterday, you know, yeah. um, you know, first of all, you know, I'm sure you, you guys have dominated the press. Uh, I saw, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, you know, uh, all of my Twitter have all kind of been flooded uh, with just, you know, the number. Um, how do you think about, you know, look, $69 million is a large sum of money in any which way, any which way you think about it. How do you just think about, like, the number involved? Yeah, I can, I can talk about that. 
So, mm, so we, like a lot of people think we, we, this is a bubble, right? But I've always felt like we are living in a bubble for a very long time. Since uh, 2013. So, my, so, and this bubble, if, it's, uh, if you want to make a visual out of it, has become more of a moot, right? Like, mm -hmm. like think about it. Think about the bubble or the over, you know, all everything is overpriced now in the world. That means that anyone who has not been part of something already, it does not make sense to them, right? Like because they are they are thinking about the old world when three people could sit together and cart and become a cartel and set the prices of stuff, set the prices of startups, set the price of you know commodities, and that's all gone. Now there is there's hundred thousand people with some capital and they are all all participating in the same stuff. So that's why like traditional uh, people who are rich, they are thinking, man, these are these people are all stupid, right? But yeah. it's just that, you know, that's the new mood. Pra like high valuations are the new mood. And, and people buy into it at a later point. That's the that's the reality, right? So again, these the there are cycles to this, right? I'm not saying this this valuation is this is is the right valuation or wrong valuation? We never know. We, I have no idea. I paid two fifty thousand dollars more mm -hmm. than what the other guy wanted to pay. That's it. I don't know if it's the right price, right? But if you ask me how I feel about it, right? Like how I feel about a transfer of sixty nine million dollars from me to Arctic people, I'm proud of that, and I will tell you why. So in this world today. We live in a very, um, in, a, in a capitalistic world where, where, where uh, riches accrue to a specific set of people, right? That's how societies work. And those people have very limited time and they decide who else should be rich. So this is, this is how the world has worked for a while now. Even with startups, if you think about it, because we have, we have structures VCs and, 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 and firms that have funds which would invest on other people. The problem is you really have to make them understand some other worldview. Until then, you don't get the capital, right? And so now the world has changed because there are parallel worldviews and people have money to support their own worldview. So when people comes up and when I think about what do I do with my money, right? Like I now I have money and I have to um, if I have to effectively deploy my capital in this world, I'm thinking the best way I could do this is by encouraging more people who share my own philosophy, right? And the philo only philosophy I, I'm really, I really like uh, sharing, uh, and, and w which I believe in, is virtuosity, like having good virtues, right? So I, I have this uh, quote, uh, because mm -hmm. uh, you're also enjoying Tamil. I yes, have this please. Quote from, uh, Right. So, <laughs> which means uh, a, a lotus, when it's in a pond, uh, and there is no water, it's, it's just down there. But when there is a flood, it rises up, right? Yeah. With the water, with the height of water. In the same way, people who have good virtues will rise up when yeah. there is the wave, when there is the tide. And that's what is happening now. So if you think about people, it's not a random pick, right? He's he's a person of virtue. You talk to him, you 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 hang out with him, 
you you think about who is who he is his work how inspiring it is and i'm very happy that he now has capital in his hands and he has free rights over it to use it in his own way yeah. and he has his own world view and he can deploy 15 million dollars now in this world right and i'm excited to see what what's going to happen there without any expectations so that's that's my position that's amazing i i really like that whole concept on like everybody can pursue their own world view and now have the freedom and the right to go to it i think that mm-hmm. there's just it's just really really powerful um i wanted to um ask about metaverse and you know also just you know you you have this auction you 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 won this where like what do you want to do from here you've kind of hinted at the future you've said this is kind of the starting we'll see what happens in the future kind of thing but what mm-hmm. happens from here what's like the idea so we've been uh, running quite uh, um like we've been running for a while now and uh, uh, we already had a project called B20 i don't know uh, yeah. yep. if if the audience uh, could, could you could you explain to maybe the folks who are not as plugged yeah. into nfts what B20 uh, is i didn't realize you're B20 that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so just before all this uh, uh christie's thing came about like when like I'm a huge fan of Beeple, right? Like I'm the only person I think who has bid on everything uh, he has put out until now. So I bid on his first drop, and I lost it for sixty-six thousand dollars. And I, I, I wonder now why I didn't, I didn't bid sixty-seven. But back, I'm talking about October. In October, sixty-seven thousand dollars was a lot of money. So um, I was I, after that auction. um we we i and tubaru sat down and and were thinking about what do we do with uh, you know like we were we were already very active in the art space we were we were collecting a bunch of um nft art and and we were uh, we were into various you know collectibles land art etc etc so we i have teams that do uh, like for example there's a thing called sorar where we have a football team and uh, they it's just a virtual team right so a team plays uh, using nfts and 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 that's what they do and we have a team in f1 delta time who race uh, who you have to there's a simulation of a race and then they, they just play that so they were doing all of this and i was thinking what do we what what's what's next because this industry has to kind of grow and and we sh- we should have a lot more space so what i did was instead of thinking about me as a nft collector I wanted to see if we can create a new zone and I thought about myself as a producer right so uh, like you'd produce a movie in the real world uh, which also I do by the way so wait I, wait wait, I, wait wait you produce a movie <laughs> okay yeah. India, wow yeah, yeah. wow movies. okay I, I have so many questions about okay sorry go on yeah so um so it, it, that that experience of producing movie i i wanted to bring and try to you know like explore that with uh, nfts so what i did was when uh, people uh, announced the auction uh, we were thinking okay well, we, let's let's create a story around it right and i was talking to tubodo and he gave me the confidence you know to and the conviction to go and and plan this out and buy the whole collection so we bought the whole collection uh, which was 20 uh, 21 of ones um there are a lot of like you know side stories to it i don't want to go deep into that but we bought that and um at, at the uh the uh, the 
bigger sale, right? Like he, he spent two million dollars on 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 twin pieces, and that was like yeah, that was that was news. And this was December, not not too long ago, again. And we got all of that together, and we bought land and decent land, crypto voxels, and farming space, which are all virtual worlds, uh, which are you know up and coming. And then we hired an architect to build museums uh, in these virtual worlds. All free. And we fixed these um, digital art into those virtual worlds. And people could visit it, right? So we had a huge um, uh, opening uh, ceremony where you could come. It was called the Metapalooza. And, and people could come there, visit these museums. And while you leave, you could also buy a piece of the museum. That was the innovation here. We took all the pieces of art, uh, the land, the, the the there was also music by uh, Blau, so which, which the soundscape there. So that was an NFT too. Thanks, so man. We put everything together, yeah, <laughs> and we uh, we put that into a bundle, and we tokenized it, right? So what I I, I we 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 distributing it to people who who are. Part it's a movie. Uh, the people who were part of the production were, you know, we had executive producer. Tomador was the executive producer, and we had people who did promotions, Metacast, Andrew Steinwald, and, and there was a huge gang there. And we had a bunch of people working on it. And it was a huge success. And a lot of people also got their hands on the B20 token. And now, if you have B20, because a lot of people ask, how do I get exposure to NFT? And that was a question back then also. So if you have B20 with you, it is it is a piece, literally a piece of the the 20 people one of one pieces with the land, with the gallery, with the music all together, right? So it's a most premium uh, bundle out there. And I think it exploded, right? Like it's exploded. Um, I don't want to speculate or, you know, I don't want to, I don't like talking numbers too much, but the market cap of B20 is like $200 million today, right? And we started at two. And I was, that, that, that gave me a lot of confidence that there is, you know, like appetite for this. And, and this is something people are looking for. And so we wanted bigger and bigger stuff because if there are only a few uh, low valued NFTs, uh, and there are a lot of, it's like, the supply is less and the demand is more, so everything gets inflated. So we have to bring more high quality NFTs into into legs or you know such a such a system, right? So that's that's when we decided, okay, what do we do next? And uh, we we have bunch of ideas. So I'm not going to step out of being a producer for a while. So I enjoy I'm enjoying that role, uh, thinking you know, like working creatively with so many artists and and. And and I get it's a very gratifying experience nonetheless. So that's that's been our experience so far. And and into the future, I do have a dream for uh, uh, this piece, which is the first five thousand days. But mm -hmm. uh, it like I don't know if it's if it's just simple, right? Like I don't want it to be. It's like I don't want to make uh, uh, Transformers two, right? Um, <laughs> It's not like that. So we, 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 I want to work on it in a way that, you know, it's special and it's because this is very special. Uh, like it's very close to my heart. Um, it's, uh, if you spend some time, the, 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 the message from the art is very clear. 
that if you want to succeed in life, do it every day, right? Consistently. Mm -hmm. And that's very powerful, especially in this digital world because every other thing is hackable, but not time, right? Yet, at least. So that's something which I think we want to really work on and produce something awesome around it. Um, I, I, I want to ask both, first of all, I would say your passion and authenticity and how you're thinking about being producer and an artist that is just so remarkable it just shines through um you know we're getting like dozens and dozens of tweets from people just you know just resonating with that so it just really shines through you're not who i expected you to be to put it mildly uh, and the tiruvallur was also amazing i think this um, is the first time anyone quoted uh, tiruvallur on uh, clubhouse so this is fantastic <laughs> make that um, like you should make that an nft yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I want to ask maybe something, maybe some slightly personal to both you and Tuberdor. And again, feel free to you know not answer this, which is for a lot of people to be in the spot you are with, you know, it's obvious that you have, you know, economic resources and it is obvious that you are in part of the hottest, most interesting story in the world right now. You are literally mm -hmm. on the front page of every mm -hmm. single newspaper. This is the hottest conversation on Clubhouse. But I suspect your neighbors around you don't know who you are. Uh, here you are represented by, you know, imagery, uh, but not mm -hmm. your names. Uh, how do you think about the notion of your personal identity and fame and pseudonymity? Because for a lot mm -hmm. of other people, this would be a moment to, you know, be like, this is me and to soak in that. But you don't seem to want that. Why not? Mm -hmm. I think Metacone is me. So I'm good enough to soak in that and, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, to to be frank, uh, you know, we not everyone in the world uh, from around the world get the same kind of uh, space uh, to express themselves because we are also thinking larger than just uh, uh, now and, and and doing something now, right? Like think about into the future, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, and the political landscape of of where I am from is not. Um, I don't think it's very um, conducive for me to be just my own identity, yep. right? So I've changed my location. I would, I would have enjoyed, you know, like I, I, I the, like my favorite place is my, my home in my, my town. Mm -hmm. and so, like I've, I've left that. I, I almost feel like I'm in exile for years now. I don't get that luxury uh, of living with my mom, right? Um, and you know, like I don't get that food everything is there so i'm thinking okay what what is there in this name right and but we want to create something huge um which is which is going to change all of this so it's okay for me to spend some time as this uh, identity and if if it resonates because this is not something i want to you know just connect with uh, people from you know my own locality or something like that but i think this this lot of people in this world feel this way um, and 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 that's something that's a commonality which which is why I'm connecting with a lot of people as pseudonyms and and they also have pseudonyms. I have friends who are just pseudonyms, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we've not met each the other. The Balaji Srinivasan pseudonym <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So ba Balaji. Oh, by the way, when, when, when I was reached out, I had a suspicion that you were actually Balaji for a second, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, but now I mean, no, you're not. But I was wondering whether you were actually Balaji. Very okay. different than Balaji. <laughs> I think we have Balaji. <laughs> but I, like, I'm 
obviously a huge fan of uh, Balaji and in terms of you know pseudonyms and and uh, the creation of the digital state but I don't know if uh, we get into that topic so let's keep it um, no I, I think Balaji is in here somewhere but okay um okay we want to kind of process that uh, but thank you so much for sharing that all of that uh, and also especially at the end and uh, you talking about being in exile and being away from your mom it uh, it means a lot. thank you so much for trying that okay I, 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 I want to get some of the other folks in here, um, uh, though I'm still kind of processing, you know, listening to you and Tubador. Um, Dylan, I want to go to you. Uh, um, you know, uh, now, of course, Dylan Peel, for folks who you know, may not know, is uh, very, very well known in our industry for being the founder and CEO of Figma. But what a lot, a lot of people may not know is he's been involved with crypto uh, and especially uh, uh, you know, CryptoPunk since the very beginning, which I think in some ways could be the beginning of where a lot of this art moment came from. And Dylan, you had quite the interesting week too, which I let you describe. So could you talk to us about just crypto art, CryptoPunks, you know, your uh, profile picture, your history <laughs> there, and also what happened this week? Yeah, absolutely. Before I start, Meta, Tubador, thank you so much for sharing that. And your story is just so inspiring and I'm deeply resonated with so many of the points. So I hope we can connect more later. Uh, and Jerome Kendry says that you like to. Uh, so for those who don't know, CryptoPunk was the first Ethereum crypto art project. It was created in 2017 by two visionary artists, Matt Hall and John Watkinson. There are only 10,000 CryptoPunks, which anyone could claim for free in the early days. And of those 10,000 CryptoPunks, there are only 88 zombie punks, 24 apes, nine aliens, and exactly one alien punk smoking a pipe. Its name is 7804. And I personally believe that in 100 years, we look back on 7804 as the Mona Lisa of digital art. My relationship with 7804 started in January 2018 when I bought it for 12 ETH or 15K USD. At that point, most CryptoPunks traded for about $100 or $200. So why did I pay 15 k for this picture of an alien? It wasn't just how rare it was, though it was rare. 7804 compelled me. It had gravitas. I found it to be absolutely magnetic. And I had a sense that others out there would feel the same way. I also believe that the question of what is art would propel the crypto art movement forward. So what is art? And what does it mean to own art? What does it mean to have a relationship with art? In the case of CryptoPunks, the answers to all these questions are unclear, which is part of why I personally find the project so, so fascinating. Let's start with what is art. You might say that CryptoPunks art piece is the algorithm Matt and John use to generate the CryptoPunks images. Or you might claim that the art piece is each individual punk. I personally believe that the actual art piece is the crypto art, CryptoPunks community, which has been feverishly speculating on and trading punks and discussing punks over the past three and a half years. And this might sound absurd to people listening, but many of us in the community have formed deep relationships with our punks. We set them as our avatars, we discuss them ad nauseum, we even dream about them. The punks become deeply intertwined with our identities. They effectively function as masks. So, why I sell 7804? To be completely honest, is because I wanted to see 7804 become the patron saint of digital art, or perhaps the patron alien, if you will. 
It bothered me that it was not universally acknowledged that 7804 was the best, most valuable CryptoPunk. It bothered me that it was not a symbol for the entire crypto art movement. And there's a paradox because 7804 cannot be seen as a symbol for the crypto art movement unless it changes hands. So I priced it at 4,200 ETH, which was extremely aggressive. It's still a believable price point for someone who resonated with 7804 as much as I did. Knowing that if it was bought for that price point, it would bring even more attention to CryptoPunks as a project and also to 7804 as a piece of art. 7804 was purchased earlier this week by a mysterious figure known only as Perugia. Perugia is, of course, a reference to Vincenzo Perugia, who sold the Mona Lisa on August 21st, 1911. And his theft is heavily covered in the news and made the Mona Lisa the most known piece of art in the world. <laughs> Since purchasing 7804, Perugia has made a beautiful statement on Twitter, which I encourage all of you to read. And I, as I reflect on it, 7804 has been surprisingly emotional for me, which I think speaks to its power. It's emotional not because I think I could get more money from it, but rather because I had a relationship with the work. As I reflected on the sale, I also felt a very deep bond to Perugia, the new owner of 7804. And I don't know who Perugia is. I don't know what their gender is or what ethnicity they are or where they live, but I have finally found someone who appreciates 7804 as much as I do. So with that, it's time for me to change my mask. <laughs> Wait, this is like an Apple keynote moment. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Hopefully it's updated for all of you. Uh, oh, oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's cool. And Perugia, if you're out there listening, enjoy your time with 7804. But please know that owning 7804 is a paradox and possibly a curse. Because <laughs> if you appreciate 7804 as much as I do, then you'll stop at nothing to make sure it is seen by everyone as the most valuable piece of digital art. And because of that, your time will be limited with it. And when you sell, which you will, you will forever live with the question of why you parted ways with the digital Mona Lisa. Dylan, that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> applause. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> so good. This is such a good episode. <laughs> um, man. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> ah, dude, that was amazing. Oh, Who wants to get a nail? I've got a speechless. Justin, say something. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is uh, this is wild. I, I, I love how much energy there is in this room, and <laughs> It's uh, it's an honor to to have worked with uh, Tubador Medikovim before on Metapalooza, and Dylan. I mean, dude, what 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 a story, man! It, it's so cool to hear it from you. Thank you. I feel I feel lucky. Dylan, uh, explain to us this. You you briefly covered it just now, but why? why By the way, I have to say we. I think that 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 might have been like a. You know, I, I don't want to say Steve Jobs because, you know, that was an Apple keynote-esque poetic moment. I, I want to get the clip of that mini speech up there that uh, so cool. because that was really, really uh, well done, Dylan. Really well done. Yeah. Um, Dylan, I wanted to ask, even though you just brought it up too, um, why sell? You know, you also talked about the buyer at some point also selling. Um, it it was su super personal. Seven eight zero four was deeply personal to you. Why sell it then? Yeah, like I said, uh, I think this is the paradox of it is that yeah, 
if you so the the actual the buyer made a statement and they said something that's similar to what I said at the start, which was there are only ten thousand crypto punks, and of those there are only nine thousand sorry, nine aliens of the ten thousand crypto punks. And let's compare that to something that's also a scarce good, which is Bitcoin, which there will only ever be twenty one million of. If you are of a collector mindset, if you believe that the first uh, piece of digital art, which is CryptoPunks, uh, truly, I think there's there are other ones before that, but this is the one that was the first one that really caught on in Ethereum. Um, then I think that uh, you will forever value uh, the scarcity of the object, but also yeah. as I think you look at the different punks available, 7040 stands out, and I think that uh, for me. It, like I said, it really bothered me that 7804 was not seen as the symbol of the crypto art movement. Um, I, I really do believe that it should be that, that it, that it is the digital Mona Lisa. And as I watched the ecosystem evolve, I realized it would never become that unless it actually changed hands and for yes. a high price. Um, so, so that's partially a motivation for selling as well. It's amazing, dude. Just amazing, historic. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing that. That's just incredible. Um, okay. I want to go to somebody who, you know, uh, I, be, I think, you know, we, uh, we mentioned his name and he was kind of gracious enough to join us. And in some ways, I think he's kind of been the uh, the spiritual godfather of a lot of stuff which has been talked about here. <laughs> so, um, Balaji, uh, welcome. Two things. First, you know, second thing, I would love to kind of get your thoughts about all of what has been happening and what Metaco and others have been talking about, what Dylan could talk about. But first, how do you feel about Rendipur Tamil Pesinde uh, doing this today? Tamil Parida? Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty, pretty cool. Hi, Troubadour and Meta. Uh, Meta hi, Balaji. Uh, hi, hi. It's, a, it's an honor. Uh, I am, uh, I, you know, Indos and crypto match me in heaven. We just need to kind of persuading the US government. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome to see this small community, you know, Roham is here and Dylan and, you know, folks who, you know, we've, you know, Lena, you know, folks we've known over the years. Um, you know, I, I have a couple of comments on the general NFT space, if you wanted my thoughts on them. Um, yeah. So, those... well, why don't I just jump in? So one is, you know, I tweeted this yesterday, but I do think there's a subreddit on, you know, called Meme Economy. And, you know, it's sort of like, you know, I'd buy that meme, I'd sell that meme, you know, where people are thinking, oh, that's going to go viral or that's going to be really popular and people do remixes of it. And, you know, what I actually think is something like that will become real where, you know, not, not that it would cut down on memetic virality, not that people would pay to view the meme, but it might be something like, you know, the CryptoPunks thing where people would pay to own the original copy or there might be um, mass personalization, so meme gen might go on chain and you could do SaaS for gas where um, on-chain storage right now is actually at a premium, but eventually, or in the not too distant future, you could imagine a smart contract on chain that would customize the meme, make your variant log the fact that you did it at that time. And so you could show that, oh, I made this derivative of jealous girlfriend, you know, 2024 or something like that. So you sort of establish priority, which is important in other fields like citations for, uh, for academia. Um, the second thing is I've sort of been thinking, I mean, this is a little bit speculative, but insofar as a lot of crypto art is 
you know, bidding on these digital things, the digital world, and, and people want to say, okay, what is the sustaining thing that, what, what is the thesis on why this might work, why these valuations might not be necessarily exactly sustainable, but over the long term, the broad movement, you know, goes up. And I'd say there's a couple of theses on that. One is, uh, you know, if, if everybody thinks about how much time they're spending looking at a screen of some kind, whether mobile or, you know, a, 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 a laptop or, or something like that, for many people, it's more than 50% of their waking hours, which means that probably most of the rest of your life will be spent in the matrix, you know, uh, and that includes VR, that includes podcasts, that includes, you know, essentially all time interacting with the internet in the broadest sense. And so uh, if that's the case, then more of our perceived world is digital and beautifying that world with digital art would be a big thing. We already see that in video games where people will spend hours working up for some sword. So, so part of the thesis is much more life is going digital. And so art will go digital as well as the economy, the entire economy eventually becomes a crypto economy. The second concept is, and this is more hopeful, but I do think it'll probably happen you know within our lifetimes maybe more like a 20-year vision but robotics is getting really good and uh, a lot of the sort of universal basic subsistence type stuff i think they'll be able to ship a shipping container that puts you know like a robotic farm i think something like that is possible uh you know not today not next year but you know by 2030 i wouldn't rule it out where people if they want to can opt out of both consumption and you know, the, the rat race and just go and essentially farm tomatoes somewhere with this robotic farm. Uh, people have, have, have looked at things like this, I've tweeted about stuff like this, it's a longer case to make. If that is the case, then there's a potential future world where much of our physical world is taken care of, like at least at a more than subsistence level via robotics, it's just the price of power to automate things around the house. Yeah. And then the competition is in the virtual realm and that's actually progress where it's just pure bits. It doesn't actually affect your physical body. You're just playing a game effectively. And so our, our physical needs are taken care of. I know that sounds utopian now, but I think it's an interesting vision to, to push for. So those are two theses on why NFT art may become more popular in the future. This is amazing. Balaji, first, thank you, thank you so much for jumping in here and just being a part of this. Uh, I was just messaging Shriram and telling him this is this is a conversation that I think we are all going to remember for a very long time. It's just really surreal to be here. Uh, I think we are all just like kind of in the stunned silence now. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, Justin, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, your day. You've had quite the day as well, um, last few days as well. Tell us about the sale. Tell us, you know, give us give us the backstory. Wow. Yeah. Um, it, it has been a crazy two weeks. Yeah. For, <laughs> for, for me and for, for Slime Sunday as well, who's my art director of five years. Um, the, the quick version is I started experimenting with NFTs in 2017, 2018, but the market wasn't quite there yet. Um, I was just quite excited to create direct connections with fans, being able to interact with them without having to go through a centralized platform. And more particularly, this idea that, you know, my music has been streamed over a billion times, but I have no idea who any of those people are. It's always kind of bothered me in a sense. Um, and so you know, coming into summer of last year, uh, Trevor Jones, who's a very well-known crypto artist, um, was releasing the uh, Picasso Bull, the digital rendition of Picasso's Bull that sold on Nifty Gateway. And it just kind of inspired me to re-explore NFTs from my passion about it in 1718 and try to apply the framework to audiovisual art. So fast forwarding to today, after, you know, getting a lot of support from from the community, uh, two weeks ago, we did. I, I tokenized uh, my my first album, 
and that was an insane experience. Um, we did, I guess, 11.7 million worth of, of, of bids that were all kind of captured by this auction format that I created, um, which was crazy. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that because I never expected it, <laughs> um, but that was two weeks ago. And then today it was pretty insane to see the community come out and support um, a, a bunch of custom songs that, you know, will never be released on centralized platforms or unless, unless, you know, uh, the, the auction winner decides that they want to release it on Spotify, which in which case I'd be cool with that. Um, but we released a bunch of unreleased music on Nifty Gateway with visual art, um, full length songs, and uh, the bidding was just rocketed off the bat and we still have uh, 23 hours left. So it, it was pretty wild. It's just amazing to see the support of the community. And I guess, you know, being an early believer really does pay off. I think, you know, I, I've believed in this stuff for a while as, as Dylan has, as a lot of us have on stage. And it's just amazing to see the, the mainstream appeal and, and how many people are starting to really understand it. Hey, Justin, I, got, uh, I have a question for you. Um, sort of, sorry, Sharon, you wanna go? No, uh, go on, go on now, Sharon. Well, I, I, one thing you said is I, I think, um, you know, it's really interesting, this idea of selling the songs themselves. It's like a weird throwback, you know, pre-streaming era to it's just like a different way to monetize. And one of the things, um, I get inbounded about all the time is, is sort of people in the music industry thinking about these different business models, you know, like tokenizing rights, tokenizing, buying masters, crowdsourcing, buying of masters, all this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really curious, like, uh, it, it feels like we're just starting to scratch the surface. And so what are the kinds of things you're really excited about like the intersection <laughs> of NFT and music and, and these rights and community? It feels like there's going to be a hundred different experiments over the next, I don't know, six to 12 months. It's just, there's so much energy and activity here right now. So I'm, I'm really curious what you're most excited about when you say that uh it does get me excited because I've, I've always been quite excited about giving fans ownership in master recording rights of music so there's no reason why fans can't own five percent of one of my songs um the the issue with this right is that it's a security token today and it also costs a lot of money legally to get paperwork set up i mean reg cf has improved from one to five but it's, it's still quite difficult to execute a, a tokenized music token or a, a tokenized, tokenized music rights because of the transferability issues with securities law and with money transmission laws. So there's a quite high barrier to entry, both you know from a legal cost standpoint and from a technical standpoint. But the next step in all of this is creating kind of, in my, in my mind, how do we create the safe style agreement for fans to invest in music? Something that doesn't require a high legal barrier to entry, but also you know is efficient because it's tokenized and transferable and rights can, you know, their royalties can accrue to those token holders stake. Um, so I do believe the future of this for music is beyond the collectible layer, but an actual investable layer of music so that fans can participate in the upside of their favorite artists. Um, it's something that I'm quite excited about, something that I'm actively working on. And yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that's the next step here. It, Justin, how long did you take uh, to prepare for that album drop? Like, what, Can you kind of walk us through the process that you went through? Oh, man. So... Uh, to be honest, it was. I, I like to say that it's it's been you know three to four years of of thought, <laughs> instead of you know it, it's been it's been maybe six months since I've been active again, in, in a more you know, in an intense sense of like working every day on this stuff. But I really started thinking about this stuff in 2017, thinking about you know all my frustrations with the music business, how you know I've been an independent artist my whole career, I've been fighting an uphill battle with distributors, you know I, I never sold a piece of myself because I felt uncomfortable doing so. And it's just, you know, it's something that's been front of mind for a really long time. And apologies, I'm, guys, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, 
my, my brain isn't working properly. So if I, if, well, if I, I, need I a you don't have any excuse for your brain not working. You had a pretty boring day. No excuse. No <laughs> oh man. But uh, Donnie, it's, I think, you know, preparing for the album drop, to be honest, I mean, I, the cool thing that I'm, I'm kind of proud of, but also maybe not a hundred percent proud of, I actually animated the, the song visuals myself. I, I wanted to learn how to use After Effects, but I'm not very good yet. So I really appreciate that everyone liked it. But so I'm proud in that sense. But I also feel like I have so much to learn in After Effects. I didn't do like anything too crazy. I just created audiovisual waveforms, um, sort like that re were reactive to the the audio um, on on like this uh, this canvas sort of thing. But I, I learned from Slime Sunday. You know, he just taught me how to use After Effects, and it was quite similar to using music software. Um, visual software is very similar workflow, so I kind of picked it up pretty quickly. But the idea behind the, you know tokenizing the album, I honestly had no idea it was going to do <laughs> what it was going to do. Um, but but in the future, I guess aside from this collectible layer, I, I do want to give fans equity in my next album. I want them to actually own a piece of it and participate in it. So you know that's that's kind of the the um, my future effort. That's that's amazing. Uh, amazing. Well, congratulations, Justin. It's amazing. And uh, I was just amused at the sight, uh, at the thought of like you struggling with, you know, your own anime uh, visuals, but amazing. Um, okay, I want to go to uh, Elena because I know, Elena, I think you have a question for uh, Meta Cohen and maybe also Dylan. I do, I do. And um, thank you so much for this wonderful, amazing conversation. And, uh, you know, for me, the interesting and very exciting thing has been that even though there's been so much news recently about NFTs and crypto, I think the traditional media is really shaping it um, to be about money and making money and uh, speculating. And um, what I've heard from both Metacoven and um, Dylan is that that's really not at all why you guys are in this space. And Metacoven, like, I mean, you know, you, the reason why you were buying NFTs and the reason why you uh, bought the recent people piece is not at all about money or speculating, right? It's really about believing in almost like a higher power and a higher purpose. Um, at least that's what I've heard uh, from the way you were describing your experiences. And Dylan, from you as well, um, I think it's so much about channeling kind of... Um, the sense of community and um, how you can make things happen for the world um, of crypto and for the world of creators. And I would love it if you could please expand more on that. Fantastic. Uh, Meta, you want to go first? Sure, sure, sure. sure. Uh, actually, um, uh, if I've given the feeling that, you know, like I'm not here for the money, that's, that's also a little too saintly for me. <laughs> Obviously, money is why I could buy this piece, right? So uh, most of the day, I, I spend on making sure that I have the resources to do what I want. So a majority of my time, I spend on making money, right? So it could be um, like managing my portfolio, etc. So uh, NFTs right now for me is not about making money, but but it's more like you know at some point uh, we are going to make a lot of money out of this because that's that's how these these things work. But it's it's not, we are not here for you know a short term thing. Um, it's it's more like delay, delaying gratification, right? Like let's let the fruits ripe. Uh, why why cut the 
tree when it's still growing. So that's that's the philosophy here. So it's not like I'm opposed to making money or 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 you know having money, but I think that uh, it's important to grow together. That's that's quite important to me, and also making sure that we are we are not doing it for the wrong reasons, where you know the incentives are. Or I make short money, we, uh, or someone tries to make money in a very short time. That will spoil the whole ethos. So, apart from that, in the long term, I will be happier if everyone around here is richer than um, how, where they are today. So, so money is very important. It it make make sure that we stay relevant. Yeah, I'll also add that in the case of the CryptoPunks project. I really do think that capital flowing through the system and changing hands through punks is part of the art itself. And it's almost performance art of crypto punks uh, as it develops, as these punks change hands, as they get bid, as, as different ones are explored uh, as identities. I, I actually do believe that the capital has an intrinsic link uh, as part of the market in the system. Dylan. So I, I think it's kind of hard to divorce those. Into Dylan, did you happen to share the buyers or did you, did anyone mention the buyers thread on Twitter? I thought it was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You should, you should, you should uh, read it. Yeah. It's yeah. Excellent. Yeah. No, I, I read it last night. I, I thought mm -hmm. it was, oh, well, it was you brilliant. Read it aloud to everybody. <laughs> oh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a long one. You should, you should read it aloud. You, you uh, sold I, it. I've spoken oh. up already. Someone else got to do it. Um, but, uh, I would say he, uh, he or she or they are actually listening in. And there was a tweet uh, just a short while ago. So, uh, uh, Perugia, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Perugia, if you're listening and you want to come on up, let me know. DM me. We would love to have you here. Uh, 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 I feel like it's your kind of crowd, uh, whoever you are. Um, uh, I, I want to go to, you know, Roham. And also maybe Donnie, um, you know, both of you, Rohan, starting with you, you folks have been close to the NFT ecosystem. Rohan, what you've done with Dapper has been kind of like generating so much of the energy around NFTs. Just give me your thoughts about, you know, what's been happening this week. And also, um, you know, I think a, one question which you often get from the mainstream press is, is this sustainable? Is this hype? And it's kind of like a question which comes up a lot. I'm sure you're kind of tired of handling it, but I'm sure a lot of people also kind of think about that. So how do you think about it? And just kind of your thoughts on what's been happening now. Rohan? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, thanks for thanks for having me. And I just want to say, you know, Medicovin and Tubador have been, uh, you know, supporters of, of old NFT projects. You know, wh whether or not they, they get the, um, the, the sort of New York Times and Wall Street Journal cover, uh, uh, front pages. Um, and that's that's I think to answer your question directly, why I am not worried about um, the every single time there's a headline making sale, and you look into who purchased the item, um, they are true believers who in the majority of cases never intend on selling the item, and so how can something be a bubble if the person that that established the price for it is not is not willing to sell it, um, so so that that that's in in a lot of ways NFTs are. Uh, different than um, than you know, sort of any uh, stock or um, uh, you know cryptocurrency because they have an emotional connection, um, and usually, especially at the higher end uh, prices. I mean, you heard Dylan Dylan talk about um, his his crypto punk. That was the best yeah. framing and, and and sales pitch for digital art I've ever heard. Uh, it's it's uh, super cool to hear, and it's it's that's why it's meaningful and. 
you know, I mean, for our projects, you know, CryptoKitties was inspired by CryptoPunks. Um, what's different about it is most of the cats were bred um, by by the people themselves. So, you know, we made 50,000 Gen Zero kitties. Those are sort of the limited edition. And then anybody can buy two cats and, and make them. Um, so, so it's, you know, it, it's so cool to see the different um, experiments that, that people are doing. But um, I think uh, I think Chris Dixon's in the in the audience. And last time uh, he spoke, he he put it well. I think it's the the reason it's happening now is a combination of maturity of infrastructure, whether it's uh, the the marketplaces um, and platforms like Bitski that that uh, uh, Donnie can talk about, or or you know blockchains like Flow, um, and it's the communities. It's people who've been tirelessly working for years, and now we're uh, sort of ready for prime time. Thank you for that. Uh, that makes so much. I, I love the idea of if you're not willing to sell. I think that theme is so profound. Yeah. Um, Donnie, I, I want to maybe go to you just a bit because Rob just mentioned Bitski. Could you just maybe briefly describe Bitski and also kind of just weigh in on the same theme of price sustainability? Because I know you have thoughts on this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, I mean, like everyone, this has been an incredibly inspiring conversation and. To hear sort of the, the the framing of how Meta, Tuvador, and even Dylan um, and Justin, the, the, these guys that I think that are, you know, supporting an economy that is that is that is going to massively eclipse the existing sort of economic like total like in totality that we see today. And so what I what I'm what I I guess with Bitsky, uh, Bitsky is kind of this concept that, hey, we've seen so many great things happening. We've seen so many hints of just like the opportunity of what it means to kind of remove barriers and level the playing field uh, in sort of like a free economy way. And I think from our perspective, uh, we couldn't wait any longer to see, uh, to get more people involved in this. And I think that, you know, everyone on, on stage would probably admit that it still takes quite a bit of work to really get deep into uh, understanding, you know, what is an NFT? How do, like, how do I get cryptocurrency? How do I uh, buy an NFT? And hell bent on for the past, you know, two years is like bringing this, this opportunity to the masses. And so um, I appreciate the shout out, Rohan. And obviously I think what you guys have done, you know, I, I got the pleasure to pop by the Dappler office uh, early last year. Um, while they were still in major crunch mode with Flow and, and, and Top Shot, and what you guys have released is, is absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I think that it's a testament that like blockchain uh, enables these outcomes that people really wanted, and, and it, it really makes people happy. That the adoption that we've seen with Top Shot's just been insane. And I think that that's been a big inspiration for how we've been building Bitski, which is effectively like a Shopify for anybody, any creator to, to kind of quickly onboard and be able to create and sell NFTs with without having to become blockchain experts immediately. And I think the intent is that over time, that's something that people can evolve to. And you know, I, and like, I think everyone, we played a computer game before we learned how to write code sometimes. And so I think that that's, that's really what we wanna do is kind of bridge or kind of smooth the on-ramp uh, to getting you know, this access to millions, hundreds of millions, billions of people. And on the flip side, making an extremely easy purchase experience from the consumer. So um, the whole intent of, of Bitsky is really to just like, say, hey, there is all of these creators right now that are, you know, have 100, you know, 100 200,000 Instagram followers or Twitter followers, or, you know, they've, they've done so much work to basically facilitate and, and create this, these communities. And NFTs seem to be a mechanism that really help them 
uh, monetize that community in a way that's mutually beneficial. And you know, we've we launched on February eighth our marketplace. Um, we've had over you know sixty creators come on board and sell you know anywhere from you know fifty to five hundred different pieces. And I would say arguably on our platform, probably less than 5% of those have been taken to a secondary market and sold. It's just, it's just these communities that are so passionate and can only do so much with a like on Instagram that now they have this sort of medium in which they can like show their support to the, the people that you know, inspire them daily. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's really the intent of Bitsky is to really just you know, see the stuff that, that sort of the, you know, you know, the things that like Meta that Tubador have been supporting, the I, the ideas that Justin's throwing out. So I was asking him about like you know the like how far are we from a safe uh, uh, you know for for music rights because these are the type of things that I think you know we're trying to kind of push to as many people as possible. So yeah, I think that's great. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Meta Coven. I wanted I had a question for you. You know, for somebody we've been getting you know a few hundred messages now. And these are all, you know, a lot of people know, uh, have context, have read the news, have like, you know, are like really digging into like you know, what's happening you know, with people's auction and all of that. But there are lots and lots of people who are intrigued and enthusiastic and uh, are just getting started. Um, for somebody who's just getting about to get started or just getting into this, there's just there's so many technical terms. There is a lot of uh, things to go. Uh, it's, it's very intimidating. Uh, how how does one get started in your opinion uh, in the world of NFT crypto uh, as broadly or as narrowly as you you want to go? Um, I think one context that's important when it comes to NFT is that it's a producer economy, right? Like where uh, more than driven by consumption, uh, anyone mm-hmm. can also be a uh, a producer. So you have to think about NFTs as um, can I also do something, right? Like, can I can also can I can I put what I'm doing, um, and and make it into an NFT? Do I can mm-hmm. I create a community around it? Can I, um, can I live my life without you know needing some other revenue stream and just mm-hmm. on NFTs? That that'll be something very interesting. And a lot of people have not really explored that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I know that a few people even here are exploring that completely and that's that's what is interesting so that's that's one thing everyone should think where you should you for for a second i, I it might not be for everyone for but i'm sure that there are a lot of people who should put the hat of a producer for a second and and think can i do something can i create an nft and to create an nft is quite easy these days um OpenSea, uh, they have uh, they put together a Bible. It's called the NFT Bible, which I really like. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Devin um, wrote it. I'm not sure who 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 put it together, but it's a good one to get started. Uh, there are there are other places uh, where you know you can just instantly go and start building your own NFT. So that's one. But if you're collecting, what's very important to understand is that not all NFTs. Uh, or most of the NFTs you see out there might not hold their value, right? So mm-hmm. it's important to think about it, not from an investment point of view, and see if you can collect uh, things you, you love. So if you, if you want to support your art, an artist uh, who you are a fan of, maybe you can, you can spend some money on it. Think about it as consuming uh, and not an investment. And, and if it works out, it's, it's awesome, right? So if that if you take that attitude towards NFTs, it's it's easier because you'll not then spend a lot of money 
so think about consuming them, right? So that's the best way. And a lot of people here, for example, I never bought a crypto fund, right? Um, yeah. Because I knew that it's it's a interesting investment thing, but I didn't connect with it. Uh, so and and I never bought an NBA top shot too. Uh, but I'm 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 very close to Roham. That's because <laughs> I have nothing to do with uh, NBA. So it's for me. I know that I can make money there, but you know, it's just I I spend my time on what I enjoy, and as a side effect, if if there is appreciation, that's awesome, right? So if if you take that approach to all these things that you see out there, it'll be much better for you, and it'll it'll be a fun experience rather than a you know a pressured. Uh, pressurized or uh, 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 you know stressful experience yeah I uh, like to... more yeah. i was going to say that i i uh, feel exactly the same way about you should collect the things that you feel passionate about uh and for me the same thing like i central land never was my jam but it, it i respect the heck out of the fact that it is so many other people's and i believe in the metaverse uh and i also think that on the creator side we can all take a a, a cue from people in terms of if you're a creator of NFTs, I really do believe that the people that will have the the most appreciation of value are those that create communities uh, and those that create a lot of work. And so the more work that you can put out there, the more work you can create, uh, the more a chance the community has to form and the more a chance the work will have value over time. Yeah. Great, great points, uh, Dylan and Medico. In fact, uh, sort of building up on that, uh, there are a whole bunch of resources and people who've been speaking about NFTs in the space, and we have Andrew in the room. Uh, for me, the Zima Red podcast has been a great portal into understanding the space and the creators that go into, you know, building the space. There are uh, quite a few others, like Matthew Ferrick, for instance, who has a podcast of his own, and uh, you know, all of this at a practical level. I'd also like to acknowledge the almost voodoo magic of the NFT space because consider this room, for instance, right? The trajectory of our lives couldn't have been more diverse. Uh, even, uh, you know, with, with people like Sriram or Aarti, with whom I probably share uh, common beginnings in a sense, but the way our life has, uh, uh, you know, sort of panned out is uh, increasingly so divergent. But we all sort of converged uh, at the NFT space. That's because uh, of the experience layer of, layer of NFTs and how easy it is to fall into this rabbit hole. At the end of the day, I think we are all... Uh, looking for the same kind of thing, and NFTs represent that, uh, if I may use the word, that singularity, I think. That's great. Yeah. I, I, I love that. And uh, um, uh, I, I mean, it, it, I would say, you know, so many people right now are just being blown away because they share the same origins, I think, as you and MetaCoin, and I think they're kind of blown away by, you know, just the journeys that you folks are obviously on. Um, I know we are almost out of time. Uh, actually, we're way over time, and this has probably been like, uh, you know, like a, a, a historic conversation which we can go on for uh, many, many hours. But uh, I, 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 I'm, you know, I have to say, you know, so uh, where if so, Metaco and like, I'm just curious, right? You know, I want to kind of like uh, riff off your name a little bit. Uh, you know, where do you see the metaverse going from here? Let us say five, ten years out in the future. We started with you. So I think it's only right that we end with you. Where do you see your future? Where do you see the metaverse's future? Before we wrap. Um, to be brief, it, um, I see digital states, so digital assets becoming the reserve assets of new digital states, and tribes being uh, tribes on 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 the internet, 
who have common um, you know commonalities who get together and make sure that you know there is there is it's like people talk about neo feudalism uh, a lot these days i feel like if if the world is going to get more dystopian uh, metaverse is, is is essentially your way out of um, the dystopia uh, where you, you at least that's your life uh, you know the uh, raft so metaverse becomes very important in that case even if that's not the case that's where you're going to find people who have common things uh, like you so it's it's like leave the physical world because maybe you share the same geography but you don't share the same values or you not share the same hobbies but on the metaverse you're going to find a community that you know you have so much in common and then you can obviously meet them in person also right so it's it's like let's make money together and you know like then celebrate uh, somewhere so that's the uh, that's that's what is going to be the future wow um okay uh, i i want to wrap on that note uh, uh you know this is such a stunning episode um you know so many people just thank chris everyone who tuned in uh, just thank you so much uh, we've been overwhelmed by all the uh, the tweets and the comments uh, special shout out to all the tamilians who were just blown away uh, uh, trust me i was as shocked as you folks are and just kind of float that <laughs> and um, to all of our guests today you know uh, you know uh, our usual crew you know of avichil and uh, steven um, to andrew who connected us and has been just amazing for the last 24 hours to elena to paul for making this platform happen and all the folks involved with uh, you know this movement that we have been kind of talking about and been a part of you know balaji who i think is like the spiritual godfather uh, for a lot of this is kind of the phrase i say uh, to dani for all the stuff with bitsky to uh, uh, to roham you know in other ways you know i mean just kind of like pushing this whole space forward uh, justin blau you should probably go to sleep man i mean you probably are intense day you should <laughs> get to bed like right now Thanks, man. you've done enough today you've done enough today and you know and dylan uh, you know who's been like a good friend for all things with figma but you know um, that dylan i think your passion for uh, you know crypto punks and that little speech over there is just magic and we're going to get that out there you know i think uh, this is like an amazing speech but but most of all you know thank you to tubador and uh, you know uh, medako when like i have no idea who you are but i also feel like i really know who you are and uh, your authenticity your passion uh, um, you know and your just vision for you know how you see this has just been so touching i don't know whether meta coin should be the right name or you should be you know in the team of the metaverse you should be hero protagonist but uh, uh, <laughs> you know uh, I, 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 it's just it's just really amazing so thank you so so much for being on the show we're going to put up clips we're going to put up recording we're going to do, do, do we're just more of this um now you folks all know we have a tradition which is we try and pick a song which is tied to the theme of the show or one of the guests and uh, usually i pick it one of the, but you know today uh, arthi had a very strong opinion on what the song should be so before i play this arthi do you want to tell us what we're going to listen to and why uh, <laughs> sure this might be very random most people won't get it but you know um, metacoven um, tubador uh, this is from either it's a, the song is janaganavana uh, i think it is it's just very appropriate if you listen to the lyrics and uh, most people for everyone else like most people here who don't know tamil i'm really sorry but it's a really good song uh, it really conveys the power of the people and the power of decentralization i think in a in a 
very weird way so i hope you like it too okay uh, th- okay here's are the writers janaganamana 